where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. This is the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. A fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Character and Smallman's Fresh Day. Powered by Schnucks. Eat good to feel great at Schnucks on 101 ESPN. Really nothing new to report on sports coming back. Daniel Berger did win the first golf tournament. The... Uh, for what was formerly the Colonial, now is the Charles Schwab Classic. Uh, Michelle and Randy with you on 101 ESPN. 805, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle, more on the parade in just a moment. But I, I want to go back to the 30 for 30 last night, the, the long gone summer documentary. Sammy Sosa has never been, well, he hadn't been back in Chicago in 10 years. Mm-hmm. I am thankful that the Cardinals did welcome McGuire back. He's in the Cardinal Hall of Fame. He was their hitting coach for a world champion. And uh, I know, and I I mentioned this on Twitter last night, Mr. DeWitt really admires Mark McGuire in part for coming out and admitting what he admitted. And that was part of not the Cardinals deal, but he wanted to do that before he came back as a Cardinal hitting coach. But when Mark retired after 2001, he had agreed to a two-year, $30 million contract. It was unsigned and in his desk drawer. And it had been revealed. We knew that he was going to get this contract, but he was so physically and mentally beat up. He said, I can't play anymore. He could have very easily just signed that contract and taken the money and run. Spent two years on the DL and gotten $30 million. And because the Cardinals didn't spend that $30 million after 01, they were able to get Scott Rowland and pay him after o, uh, during the 02 season. And they were able ultimately to sign Albert Pujols to that $100 million deal after 04 because you have some cash on hand that McGuire provided them. And those are just two of the reasons. I'm glad that he's back in the fold with St. Louis. And we, we like each other, unlike the Cubs and Sammy. How many people would turn down a $30 million contract like that? Yeah, sitting, sitting in your drawer. I don't know if I could have done that. And I think what Bob Costa said in the documentary really rings true. And I'm paraphrasing what he said, but about how it's murky to say, okay, just because someone took steroids, they're a bad person. You can't really lump all of those things together. And it becomes such a gray area. And I think Mark McGuire has proven what type of a person he is. He didn't have to before this documentary, but this documentary just really reveals a lot more about him. The fact that when we interviewed him, he talked about during that time, he hated being the center of attention. He wanted it to be about the team. So much so that he was giving away every piece of clothing and memorabilia that he could possibly get during that run to give to his teammates, to give to their 
kids. You, the fact that he had enough integrity to say, hey, I don't have it, and I'm not going to sign this $30 million contract and put the franchise in a bind. Who doesn't want to sign a $30 million contract for two years after what you feel like you've earned in your career? I don't know how many people could, could in the moment, say no to a contract like that, and then in the moment of a home run race, be more concerned about your teammates than yourself. That just shows you a lot about the type of person he is. I think I've told you this story, in fact, since our show started, but I'll repeat it because it goes to what we're talking about. My general manager at KMOX, Rod Zimmerman, left in late April, early May of 98, of that season. He was going up to Chicago to run the stations there, and I wanted to give him a gift going away. Huge Cardinal fan from Pekin, Illinois. So I go into Tony's office, and I said, hey, Tony, uh, Rod's leaving. Is there any chance that I could get um, something from McGuire? And Tony goes and grabs a bat out of the bat rack and has a Sharpie and goes up and says, hey, this is for Randy's boss. He's leaving for Chicago. McGuire signed it. Nothing to it. Just boom. No qualms at all. And then, uh, things were already heating up here. It's the end of April, early part of May, and it's before a game. And he was great about it. And you're right. For his, his teammates and the, the guys in the clubhouse and the coaches and the people in the organization couldn't have been better. And that's the type of person you want in your organization yeah. if you're the Cardinals, not to mention the type of player. Enhancements aside, it's very difficult to be able to hit a baseball the way Mark McGuire was able to hit a baseball. And he talked about this in the documentary that he feels like he was put on this earth to hit home runs, but to also impart knowledge onto other people. And he's a great teacher. And think about how many players in the Cardinals organizations that are better baseball players because of the teachings of Mark McGuire. Absolutely. And we saw two real products of that with Skip Schumacher and Chris Duncan, who would go down during the time that Mark wasn't working for the Cardinals, but uh, guys that had worked with Tony and Skip was a Southern California guy, they would work with McGuire, and they both gave him a ton of credit for them becoming better because of the mental focus that he imparted. He told them it's a mental game and taught them the same mental gymnastic tricks that he displayed last night on the show. And for people who didn't hear our interview with Mark McGuire last week, you should. It was a great 30-minute conversation at 101ESPN.com. But we wouldn't have the iconic David Freeze Game 6. We'll see you tomorrow night, home run, if Mark McGuire was not the hitting coach for the Cardinals. That's a deep tease. Just go to 101ESPN.com and, and listen to that. This is the one-year anniversary of the Blues Stanley Cup Championship Parade. At this time, 810, I was probably on the Metrolink. Somebody texted in that I talked to them on the, <laughs> on the Metrolink. I was probably on the Metrolink making my way downtown and uh, to the parade route and route or route. What do you I go say with? route. Okay, route is what well, I go Well, it's with weird because I say parade route, but I say... Route 66? Yeah. I do too. Because John Mayer does. <laughs> Yeah, if John Mayer does it, we have to do it. Yeah. But why do we do that? Why don't we say Route 66? Oh, because it's in the song. Get your kicks on Route, Route 66. 66. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66. Just because I'm the same thing to it. Doesn't sound but good parade at Parade Route doesn't sound as good either. Parade Route. So it yeah. can go either way, right? You know, <laughs> I'm not going to tell Route what it needs to be, okay? <laughs> it can be whatever it wants in whatever situation. So Michelle and I were both doing interviews uh, downtown during the parade, and Ryan O'Reilly had won the con Smythe, and he was interacting literally, <laughs> literally with everybody, and including us. We were fortunate enough to get interviews uh, with him. And Michelle talked to him about the scene. I can't believe this is happening. Coolest thing I've ever experienced in my life. What do you want to say to Sam Lewis? Thank you. It's every single person here that made this possible. It's all about. Here's a guy that made it to the NHL, second round draft choice, won a con Smythe, 
was a great player for a championship team. But that day, that walk was the coolest thing he'd ever experienced in his life. It was the coolest thing I've ever experienced in my life. So I can't imagine if I was on the ice and made it happen, especially if that was your first season in St. Louis. And this is your first real taste of what St. Louis is like as a sports city. And I mean, think about it. Here's a guy who said he lost his love for the game in Buffalo. It was, things were so bad that he said he lost his love for the game. And then a year, fast forward a calendar year later, he's at the biggest and best parade that anyone's ever seen in sports. And yes, I will say that. I don't think there's ever been a better parade in sports than the parade that we saw on go, go down Market Street. But in that video, it's something that I posted to my social media. I need to find that and reshare it. I'm standing right next to him. We are very close. So close I could have hugged him. And I had to scream the questions at him because you can hear the crowd behind. It was so definite. It was deafening. It was so loud that I had to scream in his face for him. You begs a question. Yes. Because that was the Blues' first Stanley Cup win. We experienced uh, Rams' uh, Super Bowl championship parade, which was incredible, but super cold. It wasn't comfortable. Mm -hmm. And a lot of Cardinal parades. Some have been in better weather than others, but that's kind of... A, a sense of entitlement for us. Oh, yeah, here. Uh, oh, well, yeah. we won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go to the parade. It's just mm-hmm. what we do. Yeah, yeah. Will it ever be any better than the, that parade? Uh, you, you mentioned that it, it was the best. I don't know that we can get any better than that. I think that's the apex for me in terms of sports championships and parades. Yes, that is the peak of the mountaintop. And I think. I'm really grateful that we knew it in the moment. You and I kept looking around and we were just in awe. We said, this is the greatest moment of our, it will never get better than this. And even in it, it was so amazing that I knew it was never going to get better than this. And now looking back, I have that feeling even more. It's, there was, everybody was so happy. It was such joy. And I remember that morning it was supposed to rain and I and it sprinkled a little and I thought, I hope this does not deter people from coming out this weather. And when you and I, we had met at Enterprise Center with a bunch of the media and when we came out of Enterprise Center and we looked and we saw how many people were still there and that was be, maybe an hour before the parade was even set to start. And I thought, oh my gosh, this crowd is going to double, maybe triple in size. And it did. And it was just perfect. It was. I'm at a loss for words to describe how perfect it was. And 100% joyful. That's the best yeah. thing about it. There was no, not an unhappy no person there. I mean, the worst thing that happened was maybe some people uh, got a little too sauced up. They might have, you know, gotten a little sick. They were celebrating. Yeah, they were sick, but they were celebrating. There's joy at the root of that, too, so I'm not mad at them. <laughs> we're going to ask Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, what he remembers from that day. He was up on a float, and we're going to head into the Blues booth with Kerbs next on 101 ESPN. This is Carriker and Smallman. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. The Blues booth is brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. When it's time for new flooring in your home, real wood provides the best long-term value. Boardwalk has great floors for every home. Visit our three area showrooms and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Kerber is with us as we move into the Blues booth on 101 ESPN, and it is Father's Day weekend. The first thing I need to ask our friend is, A, did you have a good weekend? I did, Rady. Uh, how, how, how was yours? It was really good. And, and with Father's Day week here, do you try to turn this into kind of a curbs of palooza and just uh, <laughs> do you, do you uh, make your family take care of everything for you? <laughs> no, I, I, listen, I am not one of those... Uh, 
one of those people that believes in birthday weeks or things like that. Uh, so no, no, I, I kind of, I kind of do Father's Day uh, kind of the same uh, as, as I do everything else. Uh, kind of whatever, whatever the girls want to be happy. Uh, we, we try to do and just make it a fun, active day. And I rec- recommend that everybody go in to get to Twitter and follow Chris Kerber <laughs> and uh, check out your diving technique. <laughs> yeah, you know what? If you can't have fun with yourself, it's just a reminder for some people to, to, have, to have some humor out there. Put yourself out there and make people laugh. Uh, I did get a couple of moronic responses of that was not the triple Lindy, and you wanted to just rail back at him like, really? That's what you get out of that? You know, you, you feel sorry for people that do that like that, that no, just don't. that have no ability to, to laugh anymore. But um, the, the kids had fun. I, I, I saved everybody the trauma. Have you guys seen the uh, these two guys on YouTube that do this silly salmon? Have you no. seen this thing? No. Oh, holy cow, it is funny. <laughs> So, like, basically, they lock up like a flopping salmon, and they just flop. So they'll look at each other, and they'll be like, uh, "Silly salmon!" The guy goes like, "Really?" And then he just flops into a bush, like a like a, like somebody just chucked a fish. <laughs> so the kids, uh, the kids at the pool started doing it, uh, and, and and coached me and a couple of my, you know, brother-in-law and brother to uh, to do it as well. So we, I'll I'll send you the text, Randy. But yeah, we we did a couple of silly salmons. Uh, off the diving board, too. Oh, I know what we're going to be doing in the commercial break, Curb, so thanks for that. Um, <laughs> oh, you guys will be laughing. <laughs> well, speaking of fun, a year ago today, our city had the most fun it's ever had, and we're talking about the Blue Stanley Cup Parade. This is something that you thought about your entire life, Curbs. Can you take us through that moment when you were in the flow and you turned and you looked down Market Street? Absolutely, you know, blown away. I, look, I don't think anybody... I think we all wondered what it would be like to win a Stanley Cup and go through that experience, but just even the run itself, I think, exceeded expectations. To be honest with you, um, and, and then the, the parade obviously did as well. I try to tell people, I like, go, oh, it wasn't. People weren't lined up like like you know seven rows deep of people. I mean, they were city blocks deep in some of these places. Um, our our float dropped us off at the wrong spot. They forgot to turn left and go down. So. And then, and then the hockey operations folks followed us. So we actually had to, at one point, we, we got off at the corner, you know, the south uh, southeast corner of Bush Stadium and had to get through the crowd all the way over to the arch grounds. And, I mean, at one point, I'm standing on the back of some guy's truck getting the crowd to move so we could get Keith Kachuk and Dave Taylor. I mean, here's a famed member of the Triple Crown line, and we're trying to get him through the crowd. Uh, just to get to the stage, so it was uh, it was a really cool experience. And because you guys had that, you were up on a higher view. Michelle and I were literally walking on the street on street level. That overhead view, looking down towards the arch, must have been incredible. You know what? It, it was something else. We, we were on the back of a pretty big flatbed, um, and, and it was really cool. And I, I've got some great pictures with uh, uh, the girls and I sitting on the top of this truck with the arch in the background and crowds lining both sides. I mean, look, look it, it comes down to one thing and one thing only, and it is the fans, the, the sports fans. Uh, the, 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 the sports fans in St. Louis, as we know, are, are just tremendous in every single way, and it's not it's not lip service. <clears throat> they, they prove it, and they've proven it time and time again with special events that come in. But then when it's one of their teams, and in this case the Blues, I mean, just, just an amazing moment. And once again, the fans made made everything as great as they could make it. 
you know, with, with that parade. And, and you know, what was even more amazing it was just how, re- and, and again, uh, just how respectful everything was. I mean, the, the idea that only one guy got plucked and arrested at, at a party like that, you know, really showed something. And, uh, and, and I, I think it was just a, just an amazing day, an amazing statement by, by sports fans in St. Louis again. It was, Curbs. And, you know, you're on this one vehicle, so you only have really one vantage point from the parade and because you're moving along, so you can only see a, a little bit in front of you and a little bit behind you. When did you first, was it social media or maybe some of the media coverage afterwards, when did you first see videos of the players celebrating and how they were jumping off of all of their vehicles and partying with the crowd? When was the first time that you went, oh, wow, this, this parade behind me is getting pretty lit? <laughs> Well, you know, we had a we had a run of shows started. And the, you know, the permit for the arch rounds was only for a certain time, and that what happened on stage ended up being a delayed about an hour and a half. Like that parade was supposed to end about an hour and a half earlier. We were already well over an hour uh, beyond when it was supposed to have start. And one of the cops said uh, that Petrangelo's float is still at Ninth and Market, and and we said, "Holy cow!" So it wasn't until. Listen, you're absolutely right, Michelle. So you, you get the great perspective that we had of being in it. Um, but there's so much that you did not see. And so you literally, I'd spent so much time on social media and what people were tweeting and, and Instagramming and all the, and Facebooking and, and all the different social media platforms, because then you got to see the perspective of so many more. And, and I thought that was just as good, too, because he, he, as, as cool and amazing as it was to be in it, you did miss a lot of what everybody else was talking about because you didn't see it. Uh, and we were up to the front, too, so we could be at the stage in time to get things started. Um, and then that, that in and of itself became its own unique uh, piece of the day. But that, uh, that it wound up being you know pretty amazing to watch people's perspectives of it all. And if people haven't had the opportunity to go to the Blues YouTube channel to see the parade footage that they have there, uh, w- once again, and we always talk about the Blues staff and the job that they do, it's pretty amazing what they were able to collect throughout the course of that day. Randy, did you guys uh, did you guys watch the the on Fox Sports Midwest the replay on Friday night? I did. Okay, I mean, how like how cool was that? that so. You know, uh, when Chris Zimmerman came in as, as president of the team, the, the one question he asked right off the bat, literally, I'm talking, I'm telling you, like three days after he took over as president, the question he asked was, how can we do a better job of telling our own story? And the, the focus that began there, um, and, and, and it really started with uh, the creation of what we call Blue Note Productions, and that's led right now by Trevor Nickerson, who I know you know well, Randy, and, um, and they they they've just found great ways to tell stories because you just you know the days of relying on local news for a 90 second sports story to tell everything you have is done and the efficiencies are there so man trevor and his crew they followed everybody around as much as they could i mean look we we sent guy we sent these guys out when the cup was making business to players so they got footage that that is just outstanding and they haven't even used all of it yet for the fans that's great which, which ought to tell you something so it yeah, they did a great job filming it so we could bring all the behind-the-scenes aspects to everybody. Now, you were one of the MCs once we got down to the arch grounds, and you were up on the stage there. Assuming there were 75 people on that stage, without naming names, what percentage of those 75 people would you say were sober? <laughs> uh, okay, I know I was. You were. John um, Kelly was. And now John and Darren and Joe were. So there's four. Um, Jason Pippi was behind the scenes running kind of the music and stuff. So I, uh, 
<laughs> okay, 90% drunk. Uh, and curves. Well, listen, I think I told this story. I, I hope he doesn't mind me telling the story because I've already told it a couple times. So either it hasn't gotten back to him or, or I just don't think he cares, but I'm not. Okay, so we were planned. The, the parade's getting planned. They were in the office. It took two days. Randy, Randy Gersh, uh, uh, who is our vice president of community involvement, was, was just, I mean, the planning that he put into this was just amazing. All right, so. So he's in there for two straight days planning this, organizing everything going. We're sitting in, in one of these meetings, and Doug Armstrong comes in and says, I don't want you interviewing any player that's drunk. <laughs> and I looked at him and went, what? <laughs> like, well, guys, this is going to be a real quick show. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and the, que- the question, actually, I mean, and I understand where he was coming from, right? Like, you just... He, he's, he's Doug's very concerned, as he should be, as in the role that he has. He doesn't want players in a bad spot. He doesn't want you know anybody embarrassing themselves, things like that. And you know, but there's only so much you can't control. And I'll tell you this: what we were supposed to do is we, the players finally get there. Okay, you know, the, the players they started gathering at the parking lot of the of the old cathedral. At one point, we hear some players want to go. I'm like, get, get over there! You can't tell them they they can go. They can't go, so they. One of the guys comes. Uh, we get them all over there, and we we're supposed to introduce them one at a time onto the stage, and they just they just bull rush. <laughs> I mean, they all, and which again creates one of those cool moments, right? Mm-hmm. They, they 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 just bum rush the stage and started showing the cup, and things took off. It was, you know, look, you you can do all the planning you want, just sometimes uh, the greatest moments are ones that uh, you didn't quite draw up on the old chalkboard. And it's a good thing that you didn't interview anybody that wasn't drunk, Curves, because some of our greatest quotes from the stage were maybe fueled by a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm a hometown hero, baby. I feel like was, yeah, exactly. Where's the shirt? They did a great shirt. It's a hometown hero. And then it, it actually has that uh, the, the the game-winning goal against Dallas kind of drawn out like a, you know like like the, the play itself. Gracie wears that. Never now and then you'll just hear a yell from the back of the house. I'm a hometown hero, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty. Well, well, even then, you know, there were so many people, guys, that like to say, so the, there was a de- long enough delay, all right, and the, all those fans are waiting on the arch grounds. And anytime there was movement on the stage, people would go a little nuts. And Fox Sports was trying to cover that because they didn't want to miss anything, but then they're still trying to cover the uh, the parade as well because they had the right we had to go up on the stage, you know, and we had, I mean, all of a sudden there's political leaders that, you know, that, that are up on stage. So we kind of had to politely ask them to leave because we weren't ready for them yet. Um, and then some not so politely we had to ask to leave. And, uh, you know, and then so so two officers were, were told right at the corner, I said, I said, listen, don't let anybody up on this stage, you know, uh, unless that guy clears it or this guy clears it. They go, yeah, no problem. Okay, so I'm sitting down. They're coming over. They're making me change the script. A couple people we had to introduce. And and I look over. At Jason Pippi was on the back of the stage. And I said, I said, hey, they're yelling at him. I go, I don't remember us putting a Brett Hall video in here. And he goes, it's not a video. And he points to the front of the stage. <laughs> I'm like, oh, how'd he get there? <laughs> so, so I went over to one of the police officers. I said, what happened? We weren't supposed to let anybody up. And the guy goes, it's Brett Hall. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> so that, that Doug Armstrong comes over and goes, get him off the stage. I go, how do you want me to get him off the stage? <laughs> uh, so Panger ended up going up, and, and, and I pointed to him. I go, you get him. Panger says, no, I'm not going to get him. So we uh, 
we ended up getting up there. We looked at it, and I said, well, we can go Animal House, you know. And then I thought, no, none of us want to be part of the beam. So we uh, we, we eventually got it kind of over to him and said, thank you, Brett. And that was the end. But, yeah, that was a totally unplanned moment as well. That was fantastic. Great memories, Curbs. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Have a great week. You too. That is the voice of the blues joining us here in the blues booth, Chris Kerber on 101 ESPN. Next up, we've got the fight. Did I lose on Friday? I think we did. We've got a returning fighter, I believe. You guys both got all four correct. Yeah, so uh, we're going to have a rematch next on 101 ESPN. Think you can beat down Character? We sure hope you can. The Fight with Character, brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Your best choice for quality tires and expert auto service. Dobbs on 101 ESPN. Moment here on 101 ESPN 838. So let's jump right into the fight. Colin, what are we fighting for today? Since we have a returning fighter, Mike, today's prize will be eligible for our listeners to win via our online stream at 101ESPN.com. It's a gift card to Sports and Social, St. Louis's newest sports bar and gaming parlor located in Ballpark Village, opening on Wednesday. They have a Tex-Mex themed menu, plenty of games, ample outdoor seating with a great outdoor bar and patio overlooking the new plaza, and much more. Sounds amazing. I'm looking forward to checking out Sports and Social this week. Excited that they're opening up. We have a returning fighter today. Mike got all four questions correct on Friday, and so did Randy, but the winner, go, the win goes to the listener in that situation. So, Mike, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you. All right. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Question number one. On this day in 1983, the Cardinals traded away Keith Hernandez to the Mets for two players who played the same position. What position did they play? Center field, catcher, or pitcher? Hmm. Uh, Center field. Question number two. On this day in 2004, the Pistons upset the Lakers to win their third NBA title in franchise history. Who was the head coach of that Pistons team? Was it Flip Saunders, Larry Brown, or Dwayne Casey? Larry Brown. Question number three. Which head football coach was fired by Illinois in March of 2016 to make room for Lovey Smith? Was it Bill Cubitt, Tim Beckman, or Ron Zuck? Tim Beckman. And question number four. Alvin Kamara was a third-round steal by the Saints in 2017. Where did Alvin Kamara play his college football? Was it Georgia, Tennessee, or Florida? I'm a Kentucky fan, so I know he went to Tennessee. We don't like those guys. (laughs) Oh, all right. (laughs) Yeah, you don't like those guys. All right, Mike, how are you feeling this morning after you've gotten all four questions? I uh, felt better last time. The first one was pretty tough, so I'm not I'm not quite sure on that one. But yeah, it was a little vague. Free spouse had a vague question. Yeah, a little, a little bit. So yeah, okay. yeah. I was reading that, and I thought the same thing. Mike, don't you worry. We'll see if it stumps Randy. Randy, say hello again to Mike. Hey, Mike. Welcome back. Good to have you with us. How was your weekend? It was great. Spent a uh, weekend down at Table Rock Lake playing some golf. So oh, very nice. Glad to hear it. Sounds well, like Mike had an awesome weekend. Yeah. Thanks for taking some time with us this morning. No problem. All right, Randy, question number one. On this day in 1983, the Cardinals traded away Keith Hernandez to the Mets for two players who played the same position. Which position did they play? You probably don't realize this because you're young. The uh, baseball trade deadline used to be on June 15th. And on that date, 
the uh, Cardinal Nation was stunned when the Cardinals sent Keith Hernandez to the Mets for Neil Allen and Rick Ownby, a pair of right-handed starters. Question number two. Actually, Allen was a closer who became a starter here. Oh, okay. Thank you for that clarification. Jumped the gun on a little <laughs> nugget there from Randy. Question number two. On this day in 2004, the Pistons upset the Lakers to win their third NBA title in franchise history. Who was the head coach of that Detroit Pistons team? I think it was Larry Brown uh, with Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace and that gang. Yeah. Pair of Wallaces, right? Yeah. Which head football coach was fired by Illinois in March of 2016 to make room for Lovey Smith? Are, are you happy with the way things have turned out, or would you have preferred to keep Bill Cubitt? Okay. I, th- I thought he did a really good job. He did do a good job. You know, he had been at Mizzou, too. He was the offensive coordinator at Mizzou. He was a really good offensive mind. He's a good coach. Yeah, and I think that uh, they might have made a mistake with that one. I still have... I, I like Lovey. Yeah. You can see the tide turning there. Yeah. And um, I have not given up on Lovey Smith. No, but Cubit seemed to have things going in the right direction. He they, definitely did. They, it seems like they, they gave up a few years. It's a It was a tough decision at the time, um, but I am not going to front when I I, was, I loved Bill Cubit. I thought he deserved an opportunity, but when I heard they got Lovey Smith, yeah. I was pumped. Yeah, everybody, I was too. <laughs> I was pumped. Yeah, definitely. And question number four, Randy. Alvin Kamara was a third-round steal by the Saints in 2017. Where did Alvin Kamara play his college ball? He played at the University of Tennessee. We've got a winner. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carriker. Sorry, Mike. Randy beat you. Clean sweep 4-2. to two. Let's run through the answers here. Uh, the Cardinals traded away Keith Hernandez to the Mets for two pitchers, as Randy said. Neil Allen and Rick Ownby. They were both right-handed pitchers. Neil Allen, uh, Hal Lanier, the Cardinal third base coach at the time, famously said that Neil Allen had a million-dollar arm and a ten-cent brain. <laughs> What a diss. I love that. So shady. On this day in 2004, the Pistons upset the Lakers to win their third NBA title in franchise history. Larry Brown was head coach of that Pistons team. Bill Cubitt spent one season as the head coach of the Illini in 2015 and was fired to make room for Lovey Smith. And Alvin Kamara played his college football at Tennessee. Mike, thanks so much for playing. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Good to have you back with us and fun to play golf over the weekend at, at Table Rock. Uh, coming up here on 101 ESPN with Michelle and Randy, we want to hear from you. You can use the mic drop feature with the 101 ESPN app. Just use that Rhino Shield mic drop. It's in the lower right-hand corner. You just press that button, and you can leave us a mic drop, or you can send us a text. And we've been spending the morning talking about the one-year anniversary of the Blues Parade. What do you remember? What? Who are you with? What do you remember? What was cool about the parade for you? That's next on 101 ESPN. ESPN, we're laughing because of this text that Michelle is going to read you. <laughs> so this is from the 314. We're talking about our memories from Blues Parade Day, which was one year ago today. And this comes from the 314. My job told me I'd be fired if I wasn't there. I showed up the next day with a note from my season ticket holder doctor. Hashtag still employed. I <laughs> love it. That's the play. That's the play. You call a doctor who's a season ticket holder who understands the importance of being at that parade and yep. you say, Doc, I need a note. I'm yep. going to need a note. And we know what a big deal 
deal it is for a lot of people to have the June wedding. Well, this person from the 618 texts in and says, My wedding was parade day. The groomsmen watched the parade in the priest's house until the wedding started. Our reception was a celebration for my wife uh, and I for the blues. <laughs> You know, they say this union is in front of two people who love each other, gods, and your family. It's two people who love each other, gods, and blues fans that day. Yeah. And who would have who would have thought? Obviously, when that wedding was planned, nobody was thinking the blues were going to win the Stanley Cup. I think now in this window, though, sorry, people, you have to avoid planning the, Ju- the early first half of the month June wedding. How many times have we said planning a wedding in October and in St. Louis, rookie mistake? That's why my anniversary is on November 1st. There you go, Randy. And now I feel like June is in that conversation. If you, well, who knows what the schedule is going to look like now. But at least for the next couple years, you better be planning your wedding around Blues hockey. Because you do not want it to be on a playoff day, Stanley Cup final day, potential parade day. These are things you need to be considering when looking at venues. Okay, uh... From your perspective, I want you to give me a thumbs up or thumbs down on this because this is, you have plenty of time to plan. I was at a wedding one time on Final Four Saturday. Oh, man. See, normally I would say that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if it was Illinois, I'd be like, the wedding is canceled. (laughs) Or wheeling some TVs into the church. I got to see my team. March Madness. Come on. I have been to many a wedding, Randy. I know you have. And uh, many a wedding in the fall. And it was it was me and all of the dudes at the wedding crowded around TVs watching college football games. <laughs> so um, if I'm that invested in a college football game at a wedding, I can't imagine if it was my team in a potential championship situation. Forget it. Let's get some mic drops from you, and we do appreciate them with the Rhino Shield mic drop feature with that free 101 ESPN app. And let's hear from Lisa. Morning, guys. So that day we were supposed to be leaving for San Diego. Our flight was canceled. Got to watch the parade on TV because it was raining a little bit. We got to Southwest Airlines later that evening, and I noticed this chick's dress in line in front of me, and I go, are you a hockey player's wife? And she said, yeah, Gunnarsson's. Because I even thought when I saw that dress, I'm like, why would you be wearing a dress on the back of one of those trucks? So anyway, got my picture with Bozek's wife and Gunnarsson's wife. What a way to start vacation. That's fantastic. Love it. And hopefully uh, you had a nice trip to San Diego, too. Michael is next on 101 ESPN. I went to the parade last year with about five or six of my close friends. And the thing that I'll always remember is the feeling of just pure joy in the air. Um, You know, everybody downtown was just elated. They couldn't have been happier. Um, I don't think it's anything that the city will ever see again. Um, And that feeling of just pure happiness will stick with me forever. We can't see it again. There's no way. The first one? Yeah. No, nothing beats your first time. No, and that's why when the Rams won in 99 and we weren't around for the first Cardinal one, but uh, this first Blues one, no, we, we will never be able to experience something like that again. From the, the playoff run, that makes it unusual in and of itself. It's going from worst to first oh, yes. in the second half of a season. And then having the hometown guy, a couple of hometown guys playing hockey for you, that's, that's hard to do. It, for any sport, for any city, it's hard to do. It was better than any story we could have possibly thought yeah. up or written out. Yep, the rookie goalie. The rookie goalie. Gunnarsson. I mean, just the whole, all of it. Layla, Gloria, 
One of my favorite things is looking back on these games and watching. Anytime they show Craig Bruby, it says Blues interim head coach. Yeah, isn't that funny? <laughs> He's an interim head coach. I mean, Winning even the Stanley Cup. up to that point. But to, my, to what Michael said in his mic drop, I wish that we could find a way to take that feeling from Parade Day and bottle it and sell it. We'd be billionaires. Oh, yeah. If you could make people feel that way. Because it's, it's not only... A sense of satisfaction that you've won and happiness and elation. It's a sense of pride for your city. It's a sense of community and gathering. It's it's so many things wrapped up into one amazing package yeah. that I don't think we're going to get again for a long time. Here's one from the 314. I remember watching and thinking that we could all forget the thousand beers that Robert Thomas drank at 19 <laughs> years old. We've all been there. Let's go blues. I don't think one person thought, hmm, he, how old is he? Everyone was just like, give him another one. Whatever. <laughs> Here's another one. I took my two-year-old son to the parade. I thought that I would beat the traffic once the players got to the stage. I spent two hours in Keener East Garage, sitting in, car, in the car in traffic, listening to 101 ESPN and looking out at the stage. Oh, incredible. We appreciate that. Yeah, glad we could be the soundtrack of your parade day. Yeah. And here's one from the 913. I was in Key West the day of the parade. We missed a majority of it while we were traveling. We went out to eat in the bar district of Key West and were greeted with a Let's Go Blues chant coming from a party (laughs) bus. That was the best part of the trip. That's awesome. Even in Florida. Yeah, all over the country because... You had a blues fan everywhere. I remember hearing from somebody that watched Game 7 in the Caribbean. They watched literally on a beach bar in the Caribbean. I was at a wedding in Harbor Island in the Bahamas and had to travel the day of Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final. And again, when I agreed to go on this wedding trip a year prior, I never in my wildest dreams considered that it would be the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. final at the time. Blues would be in it. And I I left my friends like a full eight hours early or something to make sure, because there was a bunch of travel things that we had to do, to make sure that I could get to the airport in time to watch the game. I literally scheduled my flight. I rescheduled my flight so that I could watch the game in its entirety at the airport before I flew back. And I got back super late and then had to do the show the next morning, but I remember thinking, I don't even care if I'm solo at the airport. I'm going to watch every second of this game. You're a gamer. Yeah, I am a gamer. You know what, Randy? Thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah, there's absolutely no <laughs> doubt about it. And uh, we hope that your memories are strong and uh, we know that they'll last forever from that parade of, of all the cool stuff. It's amazing that you can have so many unbelievable moments and a parade is right there with them. You, you had Game 7 against Dallas. You had the win against San Jose. You had the experiences of the Stanley Cup Finals and the massive crowd before Game 6. But a parade is right there. Maybe the top memory for everybody. Is that your number one memory? I think it is, yeah. I think mine is celebrating with my dad when they won. When they won, mm-hmm. uh, Just because it was a million little moments that led up to that one. But the parade is, as Tony LaRusso says, tied for first. (laughs) That's Michelle. I'm Randy. And thanks so much for uh, participating with us. We always appreciate your mic drops anytime, day or night, that you want to mic drop us. You can do do that with the Rhino Shield mic drop. Or text 65780 to the Air Comfort Service text line. Today's big thing. When are we going to have sports? And might we have it at the same time? That's next on 101 ESPN. That was the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.